Pudding People to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We're your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. How are you, good sir? I am super excited about sci-fi fantasy while sitting in the Mazda Studios. Yeah, we're taking a little bit of safety precautions here for a different reason this time because of some nasty conditions outside. Yeah, I mean, it's just... You know, layers of ice yeah. underneath snow. You know, no biggie. Whatever. <laughs> you know, if, I, if, if I were to run, car, maybe? run like a retail organization, I might suggest that people go to work and not worry about their health or safety. I don't know. Maybe. It's all about the Benjamins. <laughs> what? Uh, anyway, so <laughs> we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about... We're going to talk about, like you said, some some fantasy and some sci-fi, specifically those gimmicks, those weapons that really reach out to us. Um, this was a difficult list for me to put together uh, because I uh, have a brain that tends to want to segment those two things into separate categories. Sci-fi is very different from fantasy, so I kind of waffled back and forth on how to do this, and I don't think Richard had quite the same troubles. Well, when we discussed, and because, you know, we're old and whatnot, our uh, brain tends to dive, diverge, be divergent in certain things. And I hear sci-fi fantasy, and you hear sci-fi and fantasy. <laughs> so there's a slight, there's, you know, there's a subtle difference in how that's presented. So, consequently, our lists were prepared subtly different as well. Yeah, but we'll, that's okay. we'll have some fun bringing it to you. So uh, where where Richard might have a single entry to mention, I will have two <laughs> entries, and we'll just kind of go about like that. Um, now, I tried yes, to— now, I, Go ahead. I was going to say, at least you can have those you know distinguished presentations, right? You can have a sci-fi. You can be like, hey, here is this one, and it's a sci-fi, and here's this one, and then it's a fantasy, and— go so exactly. that, that that helps break it down a little bit exactly so one thing we did limit it to we limited to live action films we are not talking about animated stuff we're not talking about uh, television uh, or anything like that because uh that would be so hard <laughs> so hard to come up with yeah and you know there's so many things I just feel like so much more variety. Shoot, if we would have thrown in video games, can you imagine the the extent of the weapons? Yeah, you need to give me like a month to prepare and it'll be a top 100. Yeah, that's crazy. Narrowing it down to 10 would be... I mean, this one was challenging enough. And trust me, there's a lot of weapons available. But in reviewing and looking at movies and like, I yeah, that's cool, but it's not one that really pops to me so it, it made creating this list and you know making sure that it was a few that mattered more challenging for sure definitely so why don't we start with we'll do things a little differently let's start with a couple that didn't quite make the list we usually like give our shout outs towards the end of the list because that's the that's the norm but we are not normal mm -hmm. <laughs> let's do things abnormally um, there were a couple that I, I considered to, to put on, on my list that, yeah, you know, they're kind of iconic, but 
you know, not quite as cool as some of the other stuff to me, like uh, the, uh, the, the Atlantean Sword from Conan the Barbarian. Very cool, just didn't quite hit my list. Um, yeah, I thought about some Conan stuff too, uh, because those those two movies just well, they're their own set of awesome, but they're the yeah. perfect blend of that fantasy feel. Yeah. But you're right, or or like some. I love Star Trek. We talked about Star Trek versus Star Wars multiple times. I love the Batleth uh, from from Star Trek as a Klingon weapon, or the Phaser as kind of an all purpose Swiss Army knife of a of a weapon but in terms of cool again didn't quite make my top 10 and that's fair um and, and the phaser is so i don't know that's it's a very iconic thing doesn't make it cool no um if we remember from one of our favorite star trek movies star trek first contact they had like a they had a rifle in in that one uh, and that's really cool, but it's still based off the same. It's just a yeah, a laser rifle. But well, the rifle had been in the original, well, not the original series, but the uh, next generation. They had had that fairly early on in that series as well. Um, and I also kind of left out any incarnation of Excalibur. Excalibur's been in a ton of films, and sometimes it's really cool, and sometimes it's not. <laughs> yeah, I th- the same thing. Um, there are so many animated movies and live action movies and the movies Excalibur or the movies, you know, whatever it is, a, a name of one of the knights or there's Camelot or like whatever, but it's all based around Excalibur. So the idea of it's cool, but the actual sword itself, for the most part, is it's just a sword. What didn't, guess, but, what, what didn't quite make your list? Well, I really... Since I had such a condensed list, uh, I really had about nine, and then I stretched to get a couple more. And the one that I just left on the outside of my list was from the movie Edge of Tomorrow, their exosuits. Oh, yeah. They look kind of neat. It's, you know, it's a it's a cool concept. Um, the movie itself, if you're not a Tom Cruise fan, I understand it. I get it. But uh, the movie itself is actually pretty cool. And Emily Blunt's pretty awesome in the movie. So uh, I just think the suits are cool. Well, let's 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 just jump right into it. In our in our favoritist of our favoritist stuff, uh, number 10 on your top 10 fantasy slash sci-fi weapons what hits your your bottom spot okay now this is a generic mm, terminology if you will but i have from the terminator i have the terminator Hmm. because the terminator is indeed a weapon now the terminator holds other weapons but the terminator itself is a weapon and I guess you can think of like the T the T one thousand is another iteration of the Terminator. Maybe that one's cooler, but I'm old school. I like the eight hundred series, so I'm going to go with the Terminator. So now it's interesting for me. A weapon is something that is wielded rather than something that is separate. So that's that's kind of a that's kind of a fun differential. But yeah, that that uh, even back from the beginning for for those of you youngins that uh, don't remember this started back in 1984 
Uh, so the, the film franchise have been going on for a while and scary killer robots. Pretty cool. Yep. It's, I mean, it's definitely sci-fi, but it's really like a suspense action thriller, a horror action thriller, maybe. Yeah. Um, but the actual fact that they used a skeletoid humanoid thing as the means of killing whom they needed to kill just an interesting science fiction concept well for my number 10 splitting between the fantasy and the Mm sci-fi on on the sci-fi side i'm going with uh spider-man's web shooters Mm, very good i mean uh, in terms of uh kind of the item that you need to do whatever you need it to do at the time for plot purposes and just kind of a generically cool concept that uh, to be able to almost fly, but not really, but swing around. It's been presented in some really interesting ways over the series of films that they've they've released. And it's just, I, I really like it, whether it's just the, the, the quick... The quick shot for the rope, or you know, you know, a projectile, or attaching to multiple things to try and hold things together, or there's just a lot of, a lot of meat, a lot of flexibility to that weapon that I think is really cool. Haven't seen the classic parachute yet, though, have we? No, not not in live action. Uh, I, oh. I I don't know if that'll happen, uh, and especially in the MCU. Don't really didn't really need it because he had the it, re- regular parachute built into the Stark suit. Question um, for you on the web shooters: mm-hmm. Are you can, are you grouping them all together? Because if in the movie, you know, Toby has the natural production of web fluid. Where the other ones are mechanical. Are you grouping them all together? Yeah, kind of so, because they're still all the same thing. It's just a matter of how it happens uh, rather than what it is that's different. So it's still basically the same concept. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But uh, from the fantasy side, um, I'm going to go with the glaive from Kroll. And if you're going, what is Kroll? Uh, I don't blame you. <laughs> Wouldn't be the only one. <laughs> it's a it's a really interesting little sci-fi fantasy film from 1983. The glaive is not what you would consider a glaive generally. It is like a bladed boomerang that you can control telepathically to just kill whatever you want it to kill. Um, it looks really really cool. Now, please understand, I didn't think the movie was all that great. It almost didn't matter because that weapon was so cool. <laughs> it's just just show me him doing stuff with the glaive somewhere, and it's fine. It's got like, it almost looks like, would you call it fingers? Yeah, almost like six of them right right around there that are protruding from a little, oh, hockey puck sized disc in the middle, something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's it's really. Weird. I mean, imagine a Nerf. A Nerf boomerang, but with an extra couple of arms and blades on the end. Well, maybe not so bright as Nerf is, but (laughs) that kind of shape and feel. Um, It was super neat. And as far as iconic covers go, the cover of that that movie poster was pretty cool. It got you really intrigued to to get into the film. And, yeah, that that weapon was And you get to the film and you're like, eh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was all right. Uh, but yeah, 
you know, that that is my number 10 spot. Good choices. Um, okay, so number nine. Now this one, I'll call this one a guilty pleasure selection of mine because the movie is only like a year old. Uh, I chose from the most recent Mortal Kombat movie, Kung Lao's Het. Right? He's got the little razor blade, little razor blade, and it, you know, it bounces off of things and he can catch it effortlessly and it chops people in half. And it's just, I don't know. When I played the Mortal Kombat series of video games, that was always the character that I played as because I love that weapon. You liked Odd Job? I did, actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the fact that when he throws it, it like, when Oddjob throws his hat, it just obliterates people. It's, to me, <laughs> hilarious. Uh, and he doesn't say anything. No. He just stands there and chucks it, and then, you know, heads of statues <laughs> fall off and whatever. But uh, if you haven't seen the Mortal Kombat movie, and you like the Mortal Kombat series, the movie's pretty fun. I guess it's a, like a guilty pleasure movie. The main character is... Yeah. yeah, but their actual supporting cast and everybody else that's in it's fun. It's pretty solid. Um, and spoiler alert, he's not going to be in any of the sequels. Okay. So. Huh. Surprised. So, yeah. well, yeah, it, it, I always liked that hat too. It, it's kind of neat. And the way it was represented in the video games was really cool. And it was one of those things that don't think about it too hard because the blade's a good portion of the hat. And all I could mm -hmm. ever think about was, well, how does he throw it with any force? <laughs> you couldn't grip it. Exactly. <laughs> well, what's happening? But it's yeah, mystical. That's why. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, pretty pretty freaking cool. Um, well, uh, for me, uh, something that's maybe not quite so devastating, but is certainly Ooh. as iconic, and. Uh, inspired probably a load of youngsters to accidentally uh, injure their siblings. Uh, <laughs> I'm, Fair enough. I'm going with uh, Indiana Jones's whip for the fantasy Ooh. side. Yeah, I I thought of that too. I didn't know where to place that because I don't know if I consider that it's it's not it's not obviously sci-fi and it's no borderline fantasy in a certain sense well it's a fantasy film even if the weapon itself really isn't fantasy yeah and there you know, i guess it just depends on which indiana jones things you're looking at but there's always it's always revolving around the bad guys right, uh, right. there's that form of almost mysticism if you will that gives it that fantasy element and you know the whip always manages, again, kind of to do whatever you need to do to disarm somebody, to grab onto a ledge, to whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just got a great sound, too. Yeah. It's just really neat. And, and yeah, it, it always just has that place in, in history. I mean, I guess you could have gone with, uh, um, the, the same kind of thing from Catwoman, but Indiana Jones is much more iconic. Favorite Indiana Jones movie? Um, Temple of Doom. I, I like that one, too. I don't know if that one or Raiders of the... I, I like them both. Like, that one and Raiders of the Lost Ark, I 
I don't know. Yeah, they're like the both. they're the gems. Um, on the sci-fi side, uh, let's go with a uh, let's go with a, another comic inspired thing. This is going to happen a handful of times, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, the noisy cricket from Men in Black. Mm, yes. Pint is, size and packs a punch. Right? It's just such a ludicrous concept. It's the size of a, a packet of chiclets, and uh, it'll launch you into the air from the recoil as it blasts things. And it had such a cool sound that went along to it. It, it was just mm-hmm. super neat. It was a fun presentation, and it had the comedy element to it as well. Right. Um, it, it was just like a perfect fit, like that. Almost that classic, you know, if they had a gigantic gun and it did nothing type thing, right? It's like that. That it's just a comedy piece that works so well. It's pretty good. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, all right, number eight. Okay, so this one I'm sure we have a common interest in here. Um, I have on the list from more specifically, I chose Dread, uh, although. Judge Dredd has one that's okay, too. The Lawgiver. Oh, very um, nice. The Just the weapon itself, the fact that it's customizable, if you will. Not customizable, but it comes, you just talk to it, and it gives you feedback on what type of projectile that you're wanting, and you can use it in different scenarios and different situations. But if somebody else picks it up and it doesn't read their identity from their hand it explodes or it kills them so it's it's like all around cool concept weapon and it's got a built-in pocket dimension because it somehow always has multiple different types of multiple different ammo where there is no room for it to hold this stuff correct now in dread they at least addressed him having to get more ammunition Yes. Uh, now that that didn't, you know, that doesn't go away from the fact that he sh- shot other types of ammunition. And where did it come from? Was it just preloaded in the weapon? But his standard ammunition, at least, he had to he had to get from other dead judges that he killed. But in the in the one the the Stallone one, right? Uh, actually, I judge. Uh, yeah, that one was even more ridiculous. Yeah. But, you know, still cool for what it was. <laughs> it was definitely cool. We almost have the same spot, too. Um, so in my spot, in in the number, number eight spot on the sci-fi side, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go with the proton packs from Ghostbusters. I thought about having those in there. Um, it's so iconic. And, well... Classic to our era. Right. Like if you're our age, that was one of the coolest things that you could see growing up was the proton pack. Um, and then it made an appearance and it was spawned cartoon shows and, um, you um, know, all types of toys and uh, costumes. And think of the, well, think of the special effects at the time, though, too. I mean, as well, pre all the, the special computer generated stuff. So it's got that kind of. Uh, the equivalent of the warm fuzzy sound that uh, a record gives you when you listen to music—it's that mm-hmm. that earlier uh, special effects where they're they're trying to make it feel like it's you know laser powered, but you know snaking around and all the little bits of energy loops—it it just looked neat. <laughs> I, I I can't help but get that feeling. Well, and the the sound you mentioned too when they actually 
fire it up, right? It, like that. Vroom. It's like an engine starting up, right? But yeah. like uh, its own special computerized electric engine firing up on your back. So it's it if you've cool. heard that sound, you'll recognize. Like if you just randomly played it, anybody in our age group who's watched that, you would know what it is. Yeah, just immediately. And then from the fantasy side, um, I will I will go with uh, probably the uh, wristbands from uh, Wonder Woman, just because the the whole concept to me is ludicrous but cool at the same time. It's like okay, uh, I'm going to block pretty much anything with my bracelets, and it's going to work because the bracelets aren't going to break for anything and I'm super fast and strong and on its own sounds stupid, but it's, it's really kind of awesome. Yeah. And we got only one true, I think glimpse of that aspect of her skill level. And that was in the Snyder cut version of justice league that sequence with her was really good which is hilarious we we make fun of snyder for that stupid slow-mo that he constantly does but in this one instance it was correct and well done and just gorgeous yeah pretty fantastic good one all right number seven oh you only had you 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 did both. Okay, you did the packs. Okay, I'm confused here. Okay, next up, I have generic movie title of X-Men, and I have Adamantium Claws as the weapon, obviously from Wolverine. Now, on my list in general, there's really, only, like, this is the only comic book element that I have on my list, when in reality, you could have so many stinking things you know you could have a uh, lots of marvel stuff right you could have tony hawk tony i say tony hawk but yep skateboarding uh, tony definitely. Stark. um you know anything that he does you could have yondu's little arrow you have so many cool things but i've always been an x-men person i really want to see something cool with the x-men here sometime in the next 10 years because what we got before was cool but like Flawed. Not what they could be cool, especially because it has Halle Berry in it, playing Storm, and you know. Well, anyway, oh, she um, did fine. Bite your tongue. But just the simple fact that they're able to get through combination of practical effects and special effects, like legitimate-looking, usable weapons that protrude from a dude's knuckles, uh, I just think is pretty slick that little bit it's, it's just kind of really fun to watch that little bit of special effects they do when they retract in and then the skin heals and it's just oh very nice yep um uh, it takes a good actor to obviously carry on you, you want to see more of that particular character not just because of the claws but because of the actor and we were able to do it for quite a few movies good bad or otherwise but hopefully there'll be a good turn here like i said coming up in the next 10 years definitely now my number seven sci-fi was uh the same judge dread gun that you've gone over so we're just going to skip over that one <laughs> that's where we crossed over um but I, again this is one that's kind of hard 
to whether you put it in sci-fi or fantasy. I put it in my fantasy list because it technically has some technological elements into it at the very, very bare minimum. But the style of movie it was in was more of a fantasy movie. And we're going back to the comic book side of things a little bit uh, to uh, your favorite iteration of Blade, Blade 2, with the fist, the punch daggers that he used in that. Mm, I have always loved those. That that had the, it had something that you could like inject. Right. right? It had that serum that would blow up a regular vampire if they got any of it in the blood, which that part, that's fine. But I like the idea of the back loaded, just spring loaded punch daggers. It's just, that was so cool. Well, Blade's actual sword in that, in the whole movie sequence is dope. Yeah. I'm going to think about that. That should have been on this list. God. Ugh. Well, I had so many swords already. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't put another sword on the list. Yeah. But you see, that goes back to what I said before. I had a comic book thing, but that was the only comic book thing. And there's so many other cool comic book related weapons that could show up on this list. We could make a whole, we could make a whole list just on comic book weapons. Yeah. It's, it's really rough. The weapons in the whole blade series, even if the movies were somewhat inconsistent, the weapons were kind of awesome all around, but uh, except for Ron Perlman, no, those those were the... awesome. The curved blades, oh, that was so cool! You get again, it's kind of that punch thing. You got the guns, you run out of ammo, you get to slice people up. The blades were bigger than the guns. It was so, it was a little little absurd over the top. Well, think about it though. You got the uh, okay. You look at your standard like fencing swords. They would have that protective guard over the fists. That was the whole purpose. And that was the same concept with those. So you would have the gun, sure, but you had that protective thing over the fist that also had a blade. That was so cool. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, that's right. It wasn't so cool. It was extra cool. All right. So going into uh, <laughs> the end of our first half of the list, number six on Richard's list of cool weapons okay so this one is boring basic ultimate iconic i have on here is from the movie aliens plural the m41a pulse rifle Hmm. you know nothing special but it Uh, looked neat it it did it had it was as if it was a real practical and it was based on you know practical weapons but the fact that the silly, cheesy little fact that it had a little counter on it that showed what your ammunition level was like, that was hey, be... that's cool. Um, the and it sound had a when it fired. Out. Yes, yes, yes. There was some sort of semi-metallic kind of ring to it that was just super cool. Yes, and it's it's something that, you know, obviously they had flamethrowers. They had the the giganto um, LMGs that were strapped to their bodies. Those were actually camera rigs that they dressed up to be weapon rigs, which I thought was pretty cool. But the pulse rifle is the one for me. Yeah. Pulse rifle is pretty cool. Uh, I'm going back to the, the land of comic books because that's where I live and breathe. And comic books are such a nice blend of fantasy and sci-fi. It's hard to get away from them for, the cool weapons 
And uh, for me, uh, on the sci-fi side, um, Black Panther suit. Mm. It was sleek. Very good. Uh, the whole absorbs impact sort of thing and redirects it. The little, the little daggers at the end of the fingers. It just, <clears throat> it was, it was cool looking. Which I was really concerned before they brought Black Panther, and it's like, oh, in the comic books he kind of wears pajamas. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how well that's going to translate into the movies, uh, and they did such a good job with that. Yeah, uh, and integrating a lot of the features like that absorb absorption thing, and the fact that it was some type of fiber. Uh, that enhanced everything. So, like, yeah, they did. They just didn't make it a suit. They made it an actual, like, suit. Exactly. And from the uh, same universe from a different film uh, originally, though they are, of course, in the same film at the same time uh, a couple times, um, Doctor Strange's cloak. Mm. It's, like almost a sentient being. Right. It's a, it's a, it was borderline because it's like, oh, it's almost like it's smart. I don't know if I can include it as a weapon when it kind of thinks, sort of, in a way. Eh, I, I don't know, but it's not a traditional weapon, and it's, and it's funny. It has such dramatic um, capabilities. You can write such good stuff around it. It's, it's fun to have in, in your story. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, magic is just science that we don't understand. Sure. <laughs> In some instances, absolutely. In this instance, yes. magic is magic. <laughs> magic is magic, absolutely. Uh, uh, you know what is also magical? You. Social media. <laughs> I think we should talk about the magical side of social media. Hey there, Pudding People. Don't forget to check us out on our social media accounts so you can keep apprised of everything that we do any time of the day. Richard, you're most on Instagram, right? On the Gram Gram, yes. And what are we best known on Instagram as? Pudding Guys. Easy enough. In fact, that's also what we're known as on Facebook. Now, I'd say we're on Instagram just a little more than we are on Facebook. You might get the occasional update there. We are most active on Twitter, where we are at Real Pudding Guys. Uh, we will give you updates about the next episode that's going to be coming at the end of the week when it's released. Any other little updates to the Ultimate Comic Movie Database or the Pop Culture Death Counts will also be there. Um, now, our most exciting changes are going to be coming up soon. We're going to have a new website called Fate, the Film and Television Engine. We're getting close to doing the beta for that. We're still working on the alpha side. We'll be doing a little closed beta and inviting a handful of people into this. I tell you what, it's going to be really, really cool when it releases. Now, you'll be able to also hear about that on our Patreon page. What are we on Patreon, Richard? Budding guys. Pretty easy. Now, right now, it's very easy to support us. How much does it cost, Richard? It's one dollar per month per month not per day per month <laughs> yes twelve dollars for a year 
Yeah, uh, that's really not much to help support us as we release new content, as we get better equipment to release the content into. And when the Fate engine comes out, it will have its own cost, and we're going to make it very affordable for everyone to be involved with this. And it's going to be so cool. I can't wait for you all to hear about it. You know, I feel magical. Uh, do you feel magical, Richard? I feel pretty. Oh, so pretty. <laughs> pretty and witty and spry is that the <laughs> something I don't know. Uh, well let's get back into it our second half our top half top five in terms of sci-fi fantasy weapons what do you have at five richard okay so i'm going to bring it in here and a lot of these people listening to this list will say it's way too low but i have in the star wars universe the generic terminology of lightsaber yeah not one and not one specific one um but yes lightsaber lightsabers are, are are definitely pretty cool as much as i like star trek better than i like star wars uh, star trek doesn't have anything like a lightsaber it's just it's really neat and uh, as a concept i loved the darth maul double saber when i saw Correct. that that just it's like, wow, even though the rest of these films are just awful, that was really cool. The Kylo Ren one, eh. Eh, 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 I could, it's not dumb. It's not no, cool. It's, it's just, <laughs> it's kind of dumb. Kind of dumb, yeah. Okay. It's like, well, 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 he had a double. What if we did sort of like flaming guard things? What do they do? Nothing. Nothing. They just kind of look. Like they're flaming. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> well, the the when you when you have the original trilogy of Star Wars and you get lightsaber stuff, you don't really get you don't really get a lot of how those work and how a person can really utilize them. And then you go with the prequel trilogy, and then you see, okay, so this is this is some potential of what a Jedi could do. Okay, I get it. Okay, this looks cool. And then they throw out, okay. Um, some have the double enders, but some have like two uh, lightsabers, maybe two short ones or a, a standard size and then a short one. One's a defensive weapon. And, you know, like they're bringing more to the table with the star, with, right. with the lightsabers. And I just think there's so much more potential that they've got for it. And the Star Wars world has, I mean, there's so many iconic weapons. There's the bow caster, there's Han's. Uh, blaster there's a thermite grenade there's so many different weapons that anybody could put on this list and they'd be perfectly justified that but i just kept it clean and kept it boring and stuck with lightsaber also one why is lightsaber i mean why is it one word isn't it supposed to be two words? i would think it'd be two words i would think word. it would be two but i think maybe it was an attempt by its creator to make something that he could copyright <laughs> that makes sense i'll buy into that uh, if, yeah. spelling spelling is weird too i will always think of saber as s-a-b-r-e and this is b-e-r um That's, generally b-r-e is correct yes yeah so i'll but, go back to what you were saying like hey it's completely unique it's also Let's not a saber own. so i mean <laughs> That's that's also true, but light sword just doesn't have the same ring or light, light stick, 
light stick. <laughs> yeah, not quite the same punch. <laughs> All right, what what do you have? Well, uh, a little less flashy in terms of uh, bright neon colors, but um, something that I think people underestimate all the time they make fun of the character we're going back to the comic side of things i like uh, on the sci-fi side hawkeye's bow and arrows because he has a little bit of everything it's it's uh, a grab bag it is the archer's version of the judge dread gun that he can just attach a tip that can do anything on there and it's just really really cool and uh, put that in the hands of somebody that doesn't miss and it's it's kind of awesome. Um, and then I'd I like how they present it though. Yeah. With the which with the the heads are in the in the quiver, mm-hmm. and you can make that adjustment. Like let's call it through Bluetooth right. on the bow to like, like that was a that was a smart idea to kind of integrate those things in. Yeah, the way it was presented originally in the Avengers was slick, but uh, I liked the them going a little more in depth in the Hawkeye television show that it was, it was just well done. Um, on the fantasy side, um, I can't not include sting. Um, as it's right, but it glows and it's, and it's, again, it's iconic. It's meant to be a weapon for somebody that feels overwhelmed and outnumbered. And that's just kind of, it's a very interesting mental exercise when you think about it that way. It's the, 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 the whole psychological impact of what that weapon actually means. It's, it's, and it looks just fantastic in the uh, live-action representations. And of course, there was an, an, an animated film mm-hmm. or two that had that in there, and it still looked okay in that. But... Like I said, just from the live action, it was it was gorgeous, and getting, seeing the replicas up up and firsthand, it's just it's very very nice in terms of the sword. You think this like the the sheath that they put it in when they call like Roxanne? <laughs> maybe, um, maybe, but uh, I, I I don't think that they're quite uh, quite ready for that. Uh, I, I was going to come up with some more puns to go with that, but I, I don't want to go into police puns. Uh, I'll I'll just keep going, and no one will want to stand next to me. <laughs> yeah, no one will. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, all right, number four. What do you have? Number four. I'm going to count here. Okay, so one of my another one of my guilty pleasure movies uh, is Starship Troopers, Very and nice. I have the what what is I guess it's actual title is the Morita Mark One rifle. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the general purpose rifle that they use throughout the movie. Yeah, you, you got a lot of guns. A lot of guns on this list. I do. I do. Well, I have a, I have a hat, though. Uh, that's true. <laughs> and, and, and claws and a sword. Yeah. But it's not a saber. Again, uh, it's not a lot of utility, but it's got that kind of iconic look and feel. I mean, because I remember liking kind of Warhammer 40K, that that space battle sort of thing, and Starship Troopers had that look just down. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's, I mean, it's a really good-looking weapon, definitely. It, 
And it's a practical effects weapon, right? Where it's an actual firing weapon that has, it was, it was an actual, it was based on an actual weapon that the Morita person designed or like way back when, I don't remember when he designed it, but it's not some, I know a lot of the weapons that you see in in sci-fi things have their own unique design and maybe the things that make it shoot aren't real but this one actually is it's like it's a real rifle even though it's not it d- makes it a little easier to kind of get into the the whole scene if you don't have to imagine everything i expect mm-hmm. well i'll take your marita i'll take your judge dread gun i'll take your aliens rifle and i will raise you a zf1 from fifth element I knew you were going to have that on the list. <laughs> There's no way not to. <laughs> it does everything. The whole scene where it's described what it's capable of doing by Zorg going just one by one. And the replay feature is hilarious. But the concept is really is really neat in something that is not outside the exactly outside the realm of possibility with uh, advancements and smart bullets and such the way that they're going it's just it's nasty and it's it's bulky yeah like it's it's there's it there's heft to it it's pretty big and it fires like a real weapon as well yeah it's got to be it's had to have been built around a real weapons warehouse that they just piled on a bunch of stuff and then stuck a big rocket <laughs> at the end of it too to make it look different uh yeah that i i knew that was gonna it had to be on this one of your favorite movies yeah it's it's it, there's no way it can't be on there uh, from the um from the fantasy side of things uh let's go with a little harry potter and go mm. with the the elder wand uh it looks in terms of just wand design, really, really ornate and cool. And magic wands in general in Harry Potter are much cooler than they're presented in pretty much any other fantasy anything that I've seen it be. And the fact that you can go to a store and the wand picks you, but those wands are, I mean, so abundant, right? So that means there's so many different types. Um, uh, Which one was it? The one that was like all all black and smooth and polished. Um, Snape's was like that. Was it Snape's? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, There was a couple of them that were like that. Um, And the fact that they had different wood grains and they had different, you know. Interior pieces. Yeah. It was was a whole whole world of things. And the Elder Wand was the top dog. And it was the only one that wouldn't, you couldn't go to a store and get. You had to defeat the wizard that uh, had it previously for it to acknowledge you as the dominant wizard. It's like, oh, that's a that's kind of a fun little thing that promotes, you know, death and mayhem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you get to the, it it's a whole the whole storyline kind of revolves around it in a certain sense too. Yeah. So it's it's cool. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's very neat. All right. We are we're to the point that we are going to hit our top three choices. These are the absolute Cream of the crop, in our opinion, the best of the best of fantasy sci-fi weaponry. All right, drum roll. It's time for another gun, but it's the last one on the list. Okay. So I don't give myself that much. Um, I have from the movie RoboCop, 
the Auto 9, which is RoboCop's gun that he stores in his leg parts. Well, yeah, and that's uh, the Auto 9 is called that because it's uh, 9mm automatic, right? <laughs> probably? Yes, maybe? Probably. But the barrel's really long, and when you shoot it, it sounds really loud, and oh, it has that, a... that visual, that, that kind of flare, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, just the, the scene where they're in the shooting range, and he's, the cops are all practicing, and then he steps in, and he starts blasting, you know, like, three-round bursts at the targets, and everybody stops because they can hear it. It's so loud and powerful, and they can see what's going on once they take off their, their headphones or ear protection. They're like, what is that? And, of course, he uses it with his fancy one-liners, or he's going through, like, the the drug warehouse blasting people, you know, underneath his arm, behind, you know, it, I don't know. It's it, cool to me. It is pretty funny. And that that's more about the more about the, the writing of the film than, than the weapon itself. But uh yeah, that, that weapon was pretty pretty slick looking. Um but the only thing that can beat uh a gun with uh an automatic uh and lots of actually kind of unlimited ammo. It never ran out of ammo, did it? No, his clip size must have had like 700 bullets in it. Uh, I, I feel like he reloaded it, or he loaded it for sure. And there were, I, I want to say he reloaded it every once in a while, but it wasn't really necessary. It was probably just an afterthought. Well, as I say, the only thing that can beat a robot with a gun is a billionaire with an arsenal. Uh <laughs> I'm going to go with the bat suit on sci-fi. Uh, again, it's kind of, it trumps like the ZF-1 and all those guns that can do everything and Hawkeye's arsenal that can be made to do anything. He just has them all in pockets. <laughs> and also a seemingly endless supply right? as well. Right. And anything he doesn't have with him, I'll have it delivered by drone or plane and it just kind of attaches and it's a never-ending thing. Um, it's just again, non-lethal, right? You know, it's not going to kill anybody. Yeah, non-lethal in quotations. <laughs> yeah, there, there was actually, uh, uh, another, uh, group that did a video on some non-lethal things that Batman did that were definitely lethal. <laughs> well, the, even, even if you look at the kind of the current versions of Batman and the batarangs, they have sharpened edges to them. And if you can throw them with enough accuracy and force, it's going to inflict a lot of damage to somebody's face parts if you hit them in the face, that is. But. Right. Uh, but, yeah, again, iconic, and that's why they keep making movies uh, about it because it's just too cool. Uh, from the fantasy side, we're going to go back to another uh, another sword. I'm uh, going to go uh, Narsil slash Enderil, uh, again, uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, we had the little brother, that's the big brother. And just in terms of what it symbolizes and how awesome it looks, um, in terms of mystical power, it's kind of vague. It can block um, ghost swords, <laughs> I guess. That's true. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, it's it's just really again, it's just kind of a cool thing, uh, a sig uh, sign of leadership, uh, and I'm sure it draws on that Excalibur 
mythology just uh, a little bit to kind of lend it that that kind of uh, gravitas. Yeah, only you know, not everybody can wield it, and when it's wielded by the right person, it's got more power than what it should have, what it appears to have, if yeah. you will. Yeah, just just pretty pretty neat all around. All right, number two, Richard. Well, you have a sword, so I might as well do a sword, too. Absolutely. Uh, I have from an, another, and let me tell you, when I say stellar, I mean stellar movie from the 80s, uh, Sword and the Sorcerer. Uh, this doesn't necessarily have a name. I tried to, I knew the sword is a three-bladed sword, and I tried to find an actual name for it. And I could never find a name so for it. It was just always mostly referred to as three-bladed sword. And if you have ever seen this movie, congratulations. I mean, you saw an awesome one. But the sword itself, just exactly what it sounds like. It's got three blades. But then the two outside blades, you can actually shoot at uh, your opponents. The end. Yeah, anytime you can have a bladed weapon that somehow also is a projectile weapon... It it's kind of neat, although once it reaches a certain length, <laughs> it becomes kind of kind of silly in a way. <laughs> oh yeah, like all all three of the blades were virtually the same length too. Like it wasn't just short little ones. Can you imagine swinging this giganto? Sword? I mean, the sword's big. Yeah, of course it was. Uh, Lee Horsley which most people probably haven't heard of. He's, I mean, he's kind of a big dude, so he's got the muscle to, to, to do that. But the sword itself, very goofy. But I just remember so much seeing that sword on TV when I was younger. Like, to me, it was like the coolest thing ever. And I could never remember the name of the movie nor find the movie because, you know, it was network or, or public access television yeah, TV at the man. time. So I, I could never find it or watch it on demand like you can nowadays. Yeah, that 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 was a it, it has a warm place in my heart. I'm not saying it's a, a good movie. It's not really. It's a fun movie. <laughs> it's the way no, it's it. not a good movie. No, but if you like, if you've never seen it, you got to think. 80s fantasy cheesy yeah. practical effects the end that's all you need yeah it's 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 fun there's there's no two ways around it it's just a fun film um okay so i can't get away from the realm of comics uh, uh three of the remaining four <laughs> in the top two spots are comic related stuff so let's go with the 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 sci-fi side um this is less of a a weapon, more of a usable item, but it can be weaponized. And in fact, uh, it was included in Hawkeye's arrows in in one bit. But it deserves its own spot. The the Pym particle. That yes. uh, that is so much fun. You would think that hey, the ability to shrink or kind of grow is kind of not that interesting in terms of filmmaking and storytelling, but it's so cool. What do they say the pimp particles actually do? They reduce the distance between atoms. atoms. Yeah. And uh, sure. Okay. Let's go with that. <laughs> Except Whatever. if you reduce the distance between the atoms, that, that that means it still has all the same matter, 
which means it would weigh the same amount. <laughs> so if you've got a tanker truck in your pocket, you can't move. <laughs> but, you know, let's ignore that part. It, it, yes, that's why it's <laughs> science. It's just science. Yeah, it's, it's what it is. But, but uh, it did lead to one of the biggest events in the entire culmination of the first chunk of movies. Yeah. So that whole, a very important role to play. That whole Civil War fight scene, it was too, too cool when when they introduced that part of it. And for, I was a big comic book fan. I was a my favorite version of Hank Pym was not when he was Ant Man or Giant Man. It was when he was just Hank Pym. He was going around with the the Avengers, uh, wearing a tracksuit basically. He's 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 just in his lounge wear. He wasn't in a superhero suit, and all he did was carry pocketfuls of stuff. That it's like oh, there's a there's a gun, and there's oh, there's a jet. And the, <laughs> What do I need in this situation? Oh, flamethrower. Okay. <laughs> it was just so cool to see that come into reality on the big screen. It was, that was huge. Yeah. The, the actual character itself, I, I think gets under appreciated in the MCU at this point in time. But oh, yeah. I mean, he's like a classic Avengers character. Yeah, definitely so. And then on the fantasy side, uh, my number two spot, it's got to go with either Mjolnir or Stormbreaker. I mean, that hammer is yeah. too freaking cool. I, I prefer the design on Stormbreaker a little more than I like Mjolnir, but uh, they're still pretty cool. Yeah, he, the... The Mjolnir storyline appears in so many different elements throughout the whole sequence of, you know, phases of the MCU. Uh, if you remember from Age of Ultron, right, it, they mm -hmm. had it sitting on a table and everybody tried to lift it. And Captain America, foreshadowing, you know, he could nudge it. He could, it, it, it inched and everybody was like, whoa, and then he could lift it. But going back to your science thing where he can sit it down on anything and has infinite <laughs> weight because you can't lift it. Plus you can hang it on a, a coat rack and it's fine. You know, it just it's it has its funny. own set of principles, you know. And if they if they would just kind of they retconned a little bit in the comics about what powers the hammer. And if they included just a little bit of that in the in the MCU, it makes more sense why it behaves the way that it does. But uh, yeah, we won't we won't get into that here. But uh, it 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 makes more sense. Well, sort of makes more sense when you dig into it in that way. But being able to throw it and it does whatever it does, and it's just yeah, it's too cool. And one of the best scenes was you know in uh, when when Captain America actually picks it up and. And when they're tossing, tossing the two hammers back and forth as they're trying to beat the snot out of Thanos, that, that was super cool. Yeah, great scene. All right, we're up to the we're up to the number one spot, the absolute best, the best of the best. What do you have, Richard? I have not a gun. <gasps> I have something that you can go down to your local S Mart and get right now. Slippers. Shop Smart. Shop. S Mart. I have from 
I'm going to go with Army of Darkness because that's my jam. But it's really the Evil Dead Two. series of movies, yeah. it, uh, right? It's the chainsaw. It's the chainsaw hand. And if you, you, you can even, I know we're not talking about TV shows, but you can go on Netflix right now and watch Ash versus the Evil Dead. Which is really good. Worth. Really good. And, of course, the chainsaw plays a major part in that, um, like it should. It's just the movie itself, at least for Army of Darkness for me, is one of the just coolest, cheesiest movies that you could possibly watch. Um, and it's got the best actor playing the best role. It's just like all the parts came together with the best director for all of those pieces. Um, you know, the good thing that we're seeing with that is we saw Sam Raimi do Spider-Man, right? Yeah. And then now we're going to see Sam Raimi do uh, the next Doctor Strange movie. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's him doing it, right? Pretty I sure believe so, yeah. So we got a lot of good things to look forward to with him at the helm of different projects. But Bruce Campbell with the chainsaw hand to me is just like, one of the coolest, most iconic, fun things that you can have in sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah, I love that dude. Uh, pretty much anything. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen it, Bubba Hotep. That that movie cracks me up. Anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, all right, my number one on the sci-fi side, who doesn't want to be Iron Man? I'm sorry, that Iron Man suit that uh, any iteration of it as it just keeps getting better and better. It's just super cool because you get the best of both worlds. A lot of times with these technological things that um, these weapons, they you're still just basically somebody pointing a gun or doing something. You kind of become the hero, but you can also step out of it and be normal. So you can completely separate yourself from it and it makes a lot more sense for a billionaire to have uh, uh, have a suit of armor like that, to me, than kind of the Batman armor. <laughs> I would take repulsors over batarangs uh, any day of the week. But uh, the way it was represented in the live action, fantastic. And going through the different iterations of it as you went through different Iron Mans and you went through different Avengers films, because the character was portrayed so well that they had to keep bringing the character back. But that meant a progression of his technology, of his suits, of his thought process behind the suits. And, you know, just even at the end, the, the nanotech where it just en encompasses his body when he pushes a button or double taps a, a thing on his chest, I should say, or pulls strings, you know, like whatever it is that it, it, it like I said, it always grew through the course of the movies and it always evolved. It always got better. I wish we would have seen a little bit more from Iron Man three, all of those different specific iterations. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I watched maybe... that last fight scene like a million times just so I could get closer glimpses to the different iterations of those armors. Yeah. Like it, the whole thing's cool. Plus we're going to have uh, what iron heart, a little bit later on so we're gonna have a yeah continuation of sorts but we'll see where that goes i'm gonna hope for the best because 
from what I've seen in terms of their adaptations of Marvel properties recently to film and TV, if it's been touched by the uh, MCU side of things, it's been really good. Even things that had no right to be good have been good. I did not like Ironheart in the comics. It just it didn't click for me. I didn't I didn't think that it was as good as some of the other things that were released at about the same time. But with another chance to go live action, I I may completely change my mind when they do the live action version of it. Um so I'm I'm hoping hoping for the best. Yeah, they've done well so far. Yeah, definitely. And then the number one fantasy weapon, uh, and this is the end-all be-all. This is what you should always want on your side if you're going to be in some sort of a fantasy exchange. You have an an enemy that you cannot surmount, and you don't know what to do. All you have to do is ask your uh, ask your uh, chosen deity for the holy hand grenade of Antioch to smite your foes. <laughs> <laughs> from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, <laughs> and so it was written <laughs> on, the, on the fifth day. It, it's it's such a ridiculous concept. It has stayed with me. I love that film. I will watch it over and over and over and over and over and over again as a as a, just a ridiculous adaptation of the, the King Arthur legend. But introducing what is essentially a Fabergé egg with a cross uh, pin to pull out as a hand grenade to destroy a rabbit. <laughs> yes, the <coughs> epitome of taking the joke and running with it. Oh, yeah. It's, to, a perf- to a T, yeah. I wish they'd have just kept bringing that back throughout uh, the, the rest of the film. I'd have been fine with that, just... Random explosions as they're trying to dig through their stuff. Oh, here's another one. Boom. Uh, yeah, it's it's excellent. I, I I dare anybody say that they predicted that would be my number one. I just wanted to have something completely out there. Yes. Took everybody for a little bit of a turn on that one. That's right. Uh, I almost went with just the coconuts. <laughs> uh, the horses that weren't horses. But... You know, what do you think, uh, fair listeners? Uh, did we miss a really cool uh, fantasy or sci-fi weapon? Let us know. You know how to get a hold of us now with our uh, our, our, in, our intermission talking about social media. Um, but uh, oh, we, we missed ones for sure. Oh, yeah. But Yeah, we may have to come back to this at, you know, just at some point and revisit it and update and uh, – apologize <laughs> yeah, and like i said even the comic book stuff we left off some cool ones for sure so there's just so many more entries that we can make but these are our entries and that's the important thing that's right and uh, join us again next week we'll get to the second half of 2019 in the history of comic book films until next time stay safe and uh Keep having fun with uh, pop culture and movies and television.